0: Many people know, but they don't realize how intentionally I do so. I do a lot of consulting work for um, content creation, for brand development, and otherwise. I do like a lot in the in the area of like, hey, I want to start a podcast, or I want to start a YouTube channel, or I want to start whatever. How do I do so? How do I build this brand? And what do I keep in mind? Um, I do a lot of consulting for that and coaching, and I've added a thirty dollar Patreon tier. And after one month, um, so after you've paid thirty dollars, basically one time. Um, you are entitled to a one hour session with me every month, uh, that you maintain a patron, uh, maintain your, your patronage. Um, and you can check the Patreon link in the, in the show notes, but if that's something you're interested in, you want one-on-one coaching with me for an hour, uh, every month to talk about whatever I I'm happy to help. Um, that's how you can do it. That is cheaper than my normal hourly rate for doing consulting work. Um, so that is a discount for Patreon or uh, for patrons. Um, but yeah. So if you're interested in that, and something you want to do, or you know someone who might be interested in it, um, you're also welcome to gift those sessions. Uh, then um, sign up uh, uh, on our Patreon with the link in the show notes. So that's it, Henry. I promise I'm done. We can, we can actually talk about things that matter.
1: I'm saying if you want both of us to consult you, then just sign up for a whole bunch of money on Patreon to support the show.
0: Yeah, or yeah, just let me know. Um, if you if you let me know, we can we can figure out a deal. I'd be fine with that. If you want Henry in on that conversation, Henry can give you life and marriage advice, and I can give you podcasting and content
1: creation advice. I don't know if I can give you the marriage advice. I'm just happy that my marriage is good right now. I was gonna say and I have my, a feeling my, that my, your advice my wife would be me every day um, how selfish I am. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I feel like it's gonna be what not to do, and that's what matters because knowing what not to do is as important as knowing. What that do sounds you do? like
1: really traditional marriage jokes, which is just ridiculous. Um, speaking of traditional jokes or things that we probably want to move on from, cancel culture. Oh, do we want to move on from it? Mm. I don't know. This is the discussion we get to have. And by the way, just so you all know, this should be quite interesting. We do not discuss our part of our new format. We do not discuss these topics before we start recording. So I have no idea what Ryan is going to say, and he has no idea what I am going to say. And that's why we're kind of picking on each other already right now, because this is in the news a lot right now, and it should be very interesting to see how this goes. So why why don't you introduce it for us, my friend?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, before, we used to talk out all of our points before, not even sometimes meaning to. And so all of the, you know, it's really hard to have a natural conversation when you both know each other's hands. So this new method and, and format that we have going for how we structure episodes has really helped that, I think. I already feel a lot better just in the last couple episodes that we've recorded. Um, so cancel culture. Uh, cancel culture, we've we we we've seen it in the news quite a lot. You'll see it with a, a Doja Cat. happened to Doja Cat recently. happened with Demi Lovato with the hashtag Demi is over party and uh, Doja Cat is over party. You've seen it with Roseanne Barr, Gina Carano from The Mandalorian, um you saw it attempt to happen with Brett Kavanaugh you have had it happen um you had it happen to Mike Pence um and if you don't think that chanting or shouting hang Mike Pence outside of the Capitol building is cancel culture i don't know what to tell you but cancel culture a de- a good definition for it a working definition and and henry maybe you can disagree with this but uh, cancel culture is in general, withdrawing support for public figures and companies after they have done or said something considered objectionable or offensive. Now, cancel culture itself takes a little, usually ends up going a little bit further than this in that typically when someone is canceled, it's over something they've done, right? Or said, and that on its own has additional consequences attached. Um, and sometimes what, what, People call for on social media, as far as consequences are concerned, don't actually fit any of what has actually happened. Um, But, you know, so canceling could be like Gina Carano getting fired from the Mandalorian. Um, People withdrew their support because of her comments. And then and then she got fired. As a result, she lost her position on the Mandalorian. Um, That's an example of like that's an example of cancel culture kind of to to its I guess, more like its fullest extent, because it's not just saying we're not going to support you anymore, but that person also loses, you know, an opportunity or whatever platform that they had. Um, Now, Gina... In a a
1: literal sense, re-scripted out of a series that she was in.
0: Correct. And and to be... To be fair, a lot of times when someone like this gets canceled, they end up going to the, you know, the the side that lambasts cancel culture, and then they end up getting a huge platform. Yeah, yep, they, they get, get a new show. Exactly
1: what it looks like she just did. <laughs> exactly.
0: So, I, I, good pivoting on their part from business sense, uh, but, um, yeah, so there's cancel culture has become very controversial um, because of how quick it is, how it seems, how uncontrollable it is. Um, it seems, you know, how punitive or how maybe how petty, uh, some of the things that seemingly get people get canceled over are, um, how little room there is for someone to, um, you know, to, to move on from the past or move on and acknowledge and apologize for past mistakes. You know, there, there's, there's quite a bit of, of criticisms of cancel culture. Um, and I think it's it's fair for us both within the context of a beautiful faith and because both of us are interested in the topic. Um, I think there is some validity to uh, to us talking about this and working out what what we you know what we may think is the proper way to to interact with this idea and to, you know, what is its place? What is its role in, in our lives as Christians? Um, you know, where, what, how do we interact with it and engage with it? Should we? That kind of thing as well. Um, but also just our own feelings on it. Uh, I, I've not heard Henry's and both of us, you know, it did require some more research on both of our ends, I think, to to learn more about this. So I, you know, Henry, I, I, I think, you know, just before you, you recorded, you were like, I was getting angrier and angrier. As I, as I read this stuff and researched and I was on the other end of it going, I'm getting happier and happier. So this is going to be, <laughs>
1: this is going to make for a very strepot bot of buttered popcorn on listeners. Cause it's Armageddon tonight. No,
0: absolutely. So, um, Henry launch us in what, what, you know, what is your understanding of cancel culture? You know, what was your initial feeling when you, or initial impression of cancel culture? How did you, yeah. How did you engage with this at first?
1: Yeah. So, first of all, I didn't even really hear the term, probably like a lot of people, until probably about December of 2020. And it seemed to come along about the same time as a lot of political things were happening in the United States at, at that time. And it became more of a, uh, what's what's another overused term, a culture war phenomenon Mm-hmm. In that sense. So it it began to spread and just, you know, news alert for anybody listening, I, I currently reside in the southern part of the United States, which <laughs> means just by nature of, you know, some of the stereotypes that come with it, this is a politically different area as a whole, not that there's not pockets of it, than say other areas of the country. So this culture war stuff tends to get a lot of, a lot of energy, a lot of oxygen in this part of the world. So Obviously, I began start I started hearing it from church members, started hearing it from media. And it's also interesting because I am not, I'm just gonna be honest, I'm not the most culturally woke person in the world. And, and no. by that, I mean I guess I not yeah, say I don't, no, I don't say I know. I I rely on the Ryans and stuff of the world to kind of keep me in the to loop, spoon, loop.
0: To spoon feed you information and and, uh, and opinions and perspectives. I understand. I know exactly where yeah, you're coming from. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I'm so glad we got that out in the open. Anyway, so <laughs> the point is, I, I was not really keeping, I think this is what happens with a lot of people, actually, when a new issue comes up. It, you don't really pay it that much attention. You might be curious, but you're like, ah, I got other stuff to do until it impacts something that interacts in your sphere of, of life. I think that's just everybody. And yep. to prove just how culturally unaware I am, it, it really didn't come to the forefront of me having to think about it until a show that I and millions of other people watch uh, was impacted, which is The Mandalorian. Which is why <laughs> that's the only name I could list in our introduction it was Gina Carano because I didn't know these other people. I didn't know they were, quote canceled because I'm just I'm just not aware of them anyway. So it's one of those things where it's kind of sad, out of sight, out of the mind. I I didn't know what was going on. It yeah. wasn't until a show that I was watching, kind of being the nerd that I am. I, I I do like Star Wars in the sense of the original movies I remember growing up with, or at least I, I'm i just old enough to be around about Return of the Jedi time. So no, I was not alive in 1977. I was not there in 83 when Empire Strikes Back. you know, all that stuff. But anyway, I, I kind of grew up in the age of what they call the expanded universe. And so the books and 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 movies. And so, you know, as any kid that was 80s and 90s. Everybody loved Star Wars. I'm not a big fan of what they call Disney Wars now. The new movies I thought was a joke. But this topic isn't really about Star Wars. The point is, I I really liked Mandalorian. I resonated with it. It it just spoke more to things I liked. And I liked the characters in it. And to show again how culturally unaware I am, I didn't even know who Gina Carano was until The Mandalorian. I didn't know about her fighting background. I didn't know any of that. Mm -hmm. I had no clue who she was. She's just a character in the show. And it, she just fit that character. And I, I was like, oh, cool. And just because I liked all the characters, the way they cast it, Bill Burr, everybody in The Mandalorian, it's just like, cool. And then one day, all of a sudden, you know, people in my sphere are like, she just got cancel culture. They just fired her because she supports this candidate. Or she said this anti-Semitic, you know, meme or whatever. And and so there was that term cancel culture. It was all back up. And of course, my curiosity was piqued just because, wait, they fired one of the characters in this show, you know? Oh yeah, of course. And that's a show that's important to you. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So as dumb as the show probably is in a grand scheme of things, I was just like, okay, here's this cancel culture phrase again. And why did they fire? So, right. So you start reading all the, which which is not the best, there's so many issues that mix in with cancel culture that are related, but they're not. All right, so this talks about what are the articles you first read when you get it, right? So the first set of articles that people were linking or sending or, or whatever, and, and I'm sure the mediascape has tons of you know, media organizations and celebrity following stuff or whatever, but most of the initial articles people were sharing with me or I saw on my Facebook feeds and, and other things were all about how, because of her politics, she got canceled. Mm. Right. And it was that, you know, hashtag cancel Disney and all of the kind of like cancel care, cancel culture in reverse, you know, like get rid of your Disney plus subscription and and do all of this. And they're after conservative people and they hate Trump. And, you know, all Mm -hmm. the politics then got sucked right into it. And and it honestly took me a bit of time to even figure out still why was she fired? I couldn't fully figure that out. I was you know, I didn't. Did you ever figure it out? I, I did well, I mean, only as much as you can not being Disney or Gina Carano and being in the room and knowing what 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 went down,
0: oh, like if they uh, said anything additional. yeah. but like you know what the comments are that spar- that that spurred that on, right?
1: Yeah, and it was actually a, a, as all things would be, it was a series of of things. It wasn't just one, correct, obviously. and it and it went back several months, and there seems to be just what little research I was able to finally dig down in. Uh, places where Disney had had conversations with her in the past and asked her to please refrain from doing certain things or, or whatnot. And so to me, this was kind of my journey with it at first. I At first, I was upset about it. And I was like, I don't like this at all. They've ruined my show. I don't think this is fair to punish somebody for their personal opinions and blah. And then I went through this transformation where by the time I started digging into it, I was kind of like, well, I, I kind of moved back towards the middle and was like, well, it's kind of Disney's right to get rid of her if they don't want her. And she disagreed with some agreement they came up with to mitigate her Twitter usage or whatever. So so then I went through a period where I was kind of like, yeah, I, I feel sorry for her and it's going to suck for the show. Hope they fix it. But, you know, I, I, Disney's a private company. They can do what they want. So they, for whatever reason, they've. Fired her and hope she'll be well. And then I think it was what is it about two weeks ago? She ended up kind of like you were mentioning how people springboard to the opposite platform. Then she gave this—I don't know if the you know what I'm going to reference here. She gave this like 40-minute interview with a key conservative, I guess, kind of like television show or whatnot, internet show. And it it was wasn't like Ben Shapiro first- was it? I, see now I can't I don't think remember was, what the guy's yeah, name. Yeah, I'll is. look it, it up. It shows again talking, how much good. how much media I actually watch, which is not a ton. So I, I just figured he was more of a bigger name uh, conservative speaker. And she gave like this forty minute interview explaining her thoughts. It was kind of like I, I think the beginnings of what felt like to me an apology tour, but was talking about you know the memes that she posted that were viewed as anti Semitic and what she meant by that or her her tweets about fraud in the recent 2020 election and and her thoughts on voting and why she said what she did. And then her concerns Mm -hmm. about some co-stars she had on Mandalorian that she thought had come out politically on the left and were not punished in the same way, including that the main, you know, the main actor of the Mandalorian behind the mask, Pedro Pascal, obviously. And so she kind of I will admit for what it was, it was, you know, either she was coached or she was, you know, I just want to, as a Christian, I try and assume the best about anybody. So the, the interview came across very compelling. She seemed very sincere and very kind of confused. And so by the time I finished watching that, obviously my initial reactions again, emotionally were like, okay, I don't know how I feel about this again. And it was one of those things where I was like, okay, but pause now. So basically, this longer story getting longer, I felt like I was ping-ponging between extremes just with this one individual in question. And and so I I prefaced this conversation by saying, I can totally get now personally the strong emotions that come up on both sides over the same issue or the same Mm -hmm. story. And I can see how difficult it is to really weed through this. Because again, we are especially in the celebrity field, we are dealing with things that we only see what we're allowed to see, not sounding conspiratorial, but i mean I mean there's there's a lot of different variables at play, company bottom lines, personalities, future contracts, like you said, they got to make a living too. they have to meet their bases and and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, and there's only so much we can interact with these things without really knowing. and 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 so I, I really kind of, she just became an example for me with cancel culture that by the time we agreed to discuss this topic, I was kind of just ultimately and utterly confused about what I thought about it. Part of gotcha. me didn't like it. Part of me yeah. thought it was OK. And I did not know if I could land on either side firmly. So that's my big rambling introduction to cancel culture. And I'm probably still kind of there. I, I feel somewhat unresolved as to what I think about it.
0: All right, well then, allow me to resolve you. Um,
1: Aha! I knew this would see, not be an issue on your side.
0: So, I actually think we're overthinking cancel culture. Um, but in 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 the spirit of overthinking, I'm going to do that again. I, like, if I'm if I'm being honest with you, okay? So, I know the Gina Carano situation. I know a lot of these situations, and I also am fully aware of the times that it's been petty and ridiculous. There was some football player who who lost um, his position because of something that he because of a tweet he said. 12 years ago, a racist tweet that he said 12 years ago, stuff like that to me is dumb. Like I stuff like that, where it gets really petty and really specific is dumb. And I think cancel culture at its worst is obviously the worst. I mean, it, because it doesn't allow for, it doesn't allow for growth. It doesn't make room for, it doesn't even, it doesn't even factor in growth. It's like, they did something bad. I feel I can no longer support them because I know this about them. Enough people do that in aggregate. And now you have, you know, and, and they do that within a short period of time. And now you have someone getting canceled as a result. And, but I just, like, personally, I just don't think cancel culture is bad, um, in general. And here's, I think the I think what, what can, I would actually agree with what those usually on the political right would claim as cancel culture as far as like the petty canceling out over things that happened over a decade ago or even over 5 years ago whatever we, arbitrary you know amount of time we want to say is is worthwhile um, You know, I believe people change and grow. And there are things that I I did and said 10 years ago. There are things that I did and said five years ago that I, you know, that I I wish had never been said or wish I hadn't done. There are jokes I used to make. There are things um, that I've done in my past that I'm not proud of. And I think that's that's true for all of us. And I think it's from that place of knowing, you know, knowing that some of the petty things that people have been canceled over, I think that those are, uh, those are understandable to some degree, and I understand why people get the feelings they do of kind of that 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 visceral reaction against cancel culture. But I've said this for years now, and Henry, you've heard me say this. I think I've even potentially said it on this show. But I really do think we're in the midst of some version of a revolution. Like I think we look back on social media, and we see this as the social media age or social media, you know, digital digital revolution, and not because of the internet, but because social media. Has granted some semblance, even if it's just the illusion, uh, has granted some semblance of power back to the everyman. Where it was very, very difficult before for some, because it's given everyone a platform and anyone can go viral at any time. There are ways to game algorithms, there are ways to take advantage of that, and there are ways to ensure that your stuff is always seen. But for the most part, anyone can go viral at any time. Any of my old tweets could blow up overnight if, if, you know, for whatever reason, I can just be, I can wake up and uh, become a meme. Actually the dude that does, um, Harold, um, the, the, the meme of the old guy smiling, but like in pain, um, his name is Harold. He has a Ted talk about what it was like to, to wake up a meme. Um, and like that could happen to any of us who have posted anything online at any given time. It has given some semblance of power back to the everyman that when something bad happens or when someone does something heinous, it's now given people a voice to say, hey, we disagree with this. We don't like this. Something needs to change, right? And so it's given people a way to keep government, to keep, um, outside of voting, government, uh, corporations, and celebrities and people of influence and power it's it's given them tools to hold people accountable. The problem comes when when I think those people use that power for evil, right? But we say or that just, about-
1: you just yeah. without wisdom. I, I was gonna say, I, I, yeah. this kind of goes back to what I said before, that I, I think there's a lot of sub-issues that actually, that, that's where my confusion came with cancel culture, that it's not just one monolithic thing. There are about nine or 10 different issues sometimes I think are all intertwining in this issue, yep. and that's what makes it difficult. And like you said, the age of social media, I think, is just a byproduct of the problems that we are having in the interconnected internet digital age. I mean, you know, you and I have lived long enough. I'm a bit older than you, not too terribly much, but you know, we we transitioned, our generation is the one that transitioned from a pre-internet dominated world, not that the internet wasn't around, but you know, to the everything's online. I mean, even to the pandemic finalizing your works online, everything's online, you know, we just, we just live on it and it's cool. I'm not one of those that curses the internet, like how dare we, let's go back to phones on the wall, you know, not that kind of thing. (laughs) But I think the internet gives us great access. Social media gives us great access, but it didn't come also with great wisdom. And so it's kind of the equivalent, like you said, where you get a tool handed to you like a hammer. There's nothing wrong with the hammer per se. If you don't know what to do with a hammer, you, you might have a problem, right? I hand you a Correct. hammer, and instead of hitting a nail with it, you bust the windshield out on your car. You're, you know, well, I don't, yep. Yep. I don't think you understand what a hammer is. And, and that's kind of where I'm at, at least in my thinking now, even like with cancel culture, I, you know, quote, the tool of trying to mitigate or dealing with unacceptable behavior or morally reprehensible items, like in and of itself, I don't really have a big issue with people trying to stop pain and evil. I mean, like, I I don't get how anybody could have an issue with trying to deal with that. I, I think where the confusion comes is that we've handed this tool in the internet age to a whole bunch of people like you were getting at, that their motives are probably not to use the tool correctly, or they want to wield it to also gain a political power or point or to get a dopamine rush that they have achieved some end of whatever and so the tool is getting wielded all over the place and for every three cases that it works well there's about 10 that it doesn't and of course everybody focuses on the 10 instead of the three and it's just a mess that we never sort through
0: well and i would say you know i i would say that cancel culture happens on a really minimal level too. And a lot of people that were canceled are still doing just fine and, and haven't really had any significant repercussions. Um, others have like Gina, but she's doing just fine now. But what I mean is there are people that have been canceled that are still like Doja Cat's still an artist. Demi Lovato is doing just fine as an artist. There are people who have been canceled, um, and have articles written about it, but they're still, you know, they're still in their position and doing just fine. Like I, I agree with you that it, it's like a tool and, or like anything else that if you use it incorrectly or wrong, then it's going to be bad. It's going to come out bad. You're not going to have intended results or you will, if that was really what you intended to happen. Um, but like, this is my thing. We say this about everything. We say it about political power. We say it about organizational power or institutional power. We say it about uh, church power. Uh, you know, We say it about anyone with any sort of influence when they use that influence for, to do something bad. We always say that that's bad. This isn't like cancel culture is not not anything different to me. And I, and honestly, if anything, I think a lot of the anti-cancel culture rhetoric is actually being used to both. If if you want to talk about, yeah, well, no, but yes. But also I think it's being used specifically to, to, to rile people up against each other. So it's another one of those distraction. I, you know, I, I'm not on divide and
1: conquer thing. Yeah.
0: Correct, and it it divides people. It keeps them focused on each other instead of actually holding other people accountable that matter. Because we're too angry about the left, you know, canceling people, or we're too angry about the right canceling people that we don't even want to listen to anything else they say. Um, it's another it's another wedge that we can use to as now Gina is getting a new film launched. Uh, with it was Ben Shapiro by the way. She's getting a new film. Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire are funding it and uh, at least partially funding it i found all of that out they're the ones who
1: gave her uh, a platform to do her interview
0: correct um surprise but it's even funnier to me because when i hear people who ben shabir is a perfect example of this by the way when i hear people who believe in capitalism or the free market and i said or not and no one give me that false equivalency stuff right but if, for those who are so strong, you know, so such staunch supporters of a market-controlled economy, um, they gladly, gladly, canceled quote Kaepernick. They celebrated when Kaepernick went out because he was kneeling, um, which once again found out that it was appropriate to kneel from a military veteran. That's why he chose that way of pro- that method of protest. But people basically did the exact equivalent of canceling him to the point that he couldn't even get new contracts. And I hear these same people celebrating the lost revenue last year from the NFL and the NBA for take it, for it supporting Black Lives Matter. And they would just claim, well, that's capitalism at work. You know, you don't, that's the market at work. The market is speaking. The market is speaking. But yeah, correct. Then they lambast cancel culture when it's one of theirs or when someone who should lose their position or power or status actually does. Like, I guarantee you. I know. I know this is this is like this is a like this is an assumption about people. I get it, but I feel like this one is is pretty not a not a very hard conclusion to come to. Um, but I feel like I could guarantee you that there was a there's a large number of people who shouted "Hang Mike Pence" at the Capitol riots and then went home and lambasted cancel culture.
1: I guarantee. Oh, I you. wouldn't surprise me. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, mean, I feel it's human like, nature. We're all hypocritical yeah. at heart.
0: Exactly. I like that's why I say I, I, at the end of the day I think if we feel personally affected by it that's when we'll be resistant too right cuz you know you're first when you like a character and that actor does something dumb or stupid or or heinous or evil that character's gone and your first thing is to protect your experience with the show and to protect the character that you love I I like I get the the that reaction and I understand that motivation. I I, I don't want to, like, say that that's a wrong motivation. I just think that you have to take a step back from that and actually decide, is this person someone who, despite what they did, the right person for this? You know, is this someone that we should have? You know, I don't I don't know anything about Gina Carano's character. I've only watched one episode of The Mandalorian. I liked it, but I just didn't get... I just didn't... Yeah. Um. I still have Disney Plus, too. I just... I don't know. I never made the time to watch it. But, like, I... If Gina Carano's character is this, is this really empowering woman, you know, who young girls will see and be influenced by and see, like, because she does MMA and she's, you know, she's just this strong, capable, independent woman. If that's, if that's how her character is, then is that someone who, when she makes those kinds of comments or jokes, is that someone that you want younger audiences, especially, to learn from or to grow from? Um, I, think there are some, I think there are some fair, objective questions that we can, that we can ask when it comes to that but I, I just i think that i think the problem comes obviously when something when when people use it for something bad like when people use it just because which is a thing that happens um but ultimately i think if you like people have every right to withdraw their support for someone for any reason i could choose to not like taylor swift because i find out that she loves chocolate i hate chocolate is it a dumb reason probably but i have every right to do it yeah i I, I do. You can, I, I don't, by the way, that's, I, I love Taylor Swift actually. Um, I know the red album by heart. Um, it it, like, but you have the right to, to say, I don't support this person for any reason, whether it's, you don't like their music, you don't like their acting, you don't like their movies, you don't like their product. You have every right to do whatever you want as when it comes to who you support and who you give your money to. So that's why like cancel culture to me is holding people. I think cancel culture is more about accountability than anything else. I do think that on occasion, the hype of social media can lead people into, you know, going too far. Um, but I think there are some really legitimate cases for cancel culture being good. And by the way, I do have very specific ones, but I don't, Henry, I, w- I do want to hear your thoughts there on everything I just said.
1: <laughs> oh, mercy. Well, uh, you, you bring up so many different things like Kaepernick and, and, and others. And I, th- I think, first of all, I agree with you. The the hypocrisy, I think, is obvious to anyone who will pause long enough to set the emotion aside and see it. Yeah, uh, because, for example, again, using this—I know I'm using Gino Corona to death—but that's that's the only thing I can speak personally from. I, I think really,
0: it's—I mean—a reference point is always
1: good. It's totally fine. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying but to. Also, it seems like you have a crush. Of mine where, believe it or not, I don't. I just really like that show. I feel again, I'm as I said, as I said, I didn't even realize she was in MMA until after she got, quote, canceled. And I was having to look up stuff. <laughs> that's like that's how little I looked into the show. I was just Amazing. like, oh, I like that character. And then I'm like, oh, that's her background. I don't know. Well, that makes sense why she's doing all this, like, very physical acting in the in the thing and throwing people. And, you know, I was like, oh, well, she did fighting. Duh. But. Yeah, I mean, to me, I definitely agree with the hypocrisy. It it is interesting to me that, for example, I I had several friends that would make comments when when Disney fired her. And they made the comment, well, she's an actress. As long as she fulfills the role, it shouldn't matter what she does outside of the show kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and they use that argument. But like you said, these would be the same people that if I probably went back and looked on their feed just because I, I kind of know who these people are, they would have been like, throw Kaepernick off a team because he's sitting there before the game even happens, right, and kneeling, he's not giving the finger, he's not doing whatever, he's just kneeling. And, and they would not, use, you know, the only way you could be fair, I, I guess that's my biggest thing in all of this. I, I, the one thing I know for certain about cancel culture, I believe, I want to see consistency wherever you land on this. That's, that's the biggest yep. thing that bugged me researching this topic is no one, at least that I could find in my research, has been consistent on this. Fine. If you want to argue, for example, Gina Carano, as long as she's fulfilling her role on screen and meeting the needs of that character, it shouldn't matter what she does off screen. Those same people have no right to turn around and go, well, Kaepernick can't do this off screen or off field or whatever mm-hmm. and do this. You know, because that affects his football playing, right? Can he still play football? I mean, of course, now we don't know for sure because no one would give him a shot for years and kind of like blackballed yep. him out of playing, no pun intended. But I mean, you know, but that that's just it. I was like, if you you need to be consistent, if that should be the same thing where you should have been standing up for someone like Kaepernick and been like, can he play the position the football team has asked him to play? Well, then it shouldn't matter what his personal conviction is off the you know, the same people that scream about we need freedom of of, of conscience and opinion and and whatever, they're all fine with it until they're not. Yep. And that that's been one of the biggest things that has bugged me I was like, you know, I, I would appreciate people's stances a lot more if they would be consistent with it. And that's I can give you I can
0: actually give you one example of someone who now I don't know if she's been a hundred consistent a hundred percent consistent across the board, but I can tell you with certainty that she's been consistent at least in one very high-profile case that's ongoing right now. And that's AOC with Andrew Cuomo. She has outright called for an independent investigation into Cuomo's sexual assault allegations and sexual harassment allegations. And she's like, I don't care that he's on my side. If he did it, we need to know. And he needs to face discipline for it. Um, and I can respect her for for that. Um and I like I that has nothing to do with her politics, by the way. I'm just saying that is someone who has consistently called out people like Brett Kavanaugh, has consistently called out Trump, and now is calling out Andrew Cuomo. So I like I I feel like there's one person who in a in a very high profile way and in a very public way has at least been consistent in one case. Does that mean that like she's been consistent across the board? I don't know. I've not tracked AOC's track record with like every single time that this has come up, but I can at least say that in this current ongoing instance at the time of recording, she has been consistent. Um, so yeah, just and I, to, and I
1: would be willing yeah. to go out and say that I, I can appreciate consistency as well. That's my, that's my big thing. Yep. I just wish, and I, and I, and I'm willing to admit that people, when I mean, we're all fluid and, and if you're not changing in some way, shape or form, you're dead. So again, that comes where I'm I'm willing to have people deviate off the consistency slightly, make a mistake here or there. That that's not my thing. But the overall trend should be some sort of consistency with how we're dealing with it.
0: I just I just feel like cancel culture is just is just canceling is just the meme word for you know accountability to some degree. Now cancel culture at its worst is worse than accountability. It, like is is far so is something far more
1: well, it's dangerous. not accountability, it's retribution. But, Eh, yes and yes and no. Yes and no. And not and not just retribution. I mean, it would it would be I mean, there's I feel like there's lots of different reasons people are engaging in it. As I said, it's not just one monolithic thing. There's tons yeah. of different outcomes people consume. Actually, a, a tweet that has been turned into, I think, a quasi meme that's been making the rounds actually in the last couple of days right before this. So it's it's fresh in my mind is one dealing with the faith issue and cancel culture. And it was, I don't remember who this is because again, it was like a screenshot of a tweet and I don't follow this person individually. It's become, I think, some sort of meme. And they were going out and they're like, it's interesting to me, all the Christians that are fighting against cancel culture when all the 80s and 90s were, were cancel culture on behalf of the Christians. I was about to read you a tweet that talks about that exact same thing. Yeah, and, and the reason why that actually resonated with me because I grew up in the era this meme tweet was talking about and I think in their tweet, this might be the same tweet you're about to bring up because it's been making the rounds, it looks like. And, and it really resonated with me because I remember the age where you broke CDs and burned tapes. Yep, I remember the age where you you couldn't. have. I mean, and, and I love my parents to death and all that. But I, this was this generation. I can still remember the time that I went out to the to the CD shop. you remember when those were a thing? And because CDs were the rage and not yep. just cassettes. now it's now and it's record stores. I, yeah, I know. Now the, Now 78s are making a comeback. But, but here's my thing. I remember I still remember crystal clear in my mind as a teenager. This is dating me here, but I went and bought Bon Jovi's first CD. Mm. Oh, my goodness. See, that's how woke I am with culture nice. in the 80s and 90s. Anyway, I, I went out and bought Bon Jovi's like you know first latest cd probably not exactly his first cuz he predated my birth but uh, definitely like the new album at the time early 90s i think it was his acoustic album It was and your brought, first Bon Jovi cd Yeah, i got to say it was my first to be to be specific. and and i brought it home and i was so excited cuz here's you know Rock and Roll Bon Jovi all that, you know, I mean he had great hits on that album two story town mm-hmm. Bed of Roses, which, side note, it wasn't until much later in my life I figured out the euphemism in Bed of Roses, and it disturbed me. But anyway, (laughs) I I totally missed what he was saying in that, because I guess I was a naive child. But anyway, I I love these songs. I got this album, brought it home. My mother discovered the album probably about two days later. And of course, at that time and whatever, Bon Jovi is unacceptable okay as a christian mm-hmm. you know the content of his songs the the album art anyone remember when cd's had the big thick album art in the front that was really yep. cool they they made a big deal about those fat album marks with the lyrics yeah. in it i like well some of his album artwork was just like not appropriate you know as far as my parents were concerned and and well as far as my mom was concerned to be honest my dad grew up in 70s and 80s rock so uh, he didn't really care but <laughs> it, you know it was i i love i love Love them both. But so my mom was just like, Nope, this is bad. And her philosophy was because our youth group had been talking about it at church or whatever. I needed to take the CD. I didn't need to just get rid of the CD. I needed to obliterate the CD mm-hmm. to, to stop the forces of Satan or the evil or whatever from having a, from having an end or whatever. So it wasn't just enough to tell me I had to get rid of it. They wanted me to like prayerfully have this situation where I broke it into pieces so that nobody could find the CD in the trash and thus be led astray the same way, you know, listening to it. And I had to break it and like pray for forgiveness and whatever and throw it away. And, mm-hmm. and by the way, uh, you know, uh, uh, what was the word I just was looking for? Uh, trigger alert, by the way, for anybody, that's what I was looking for. Uh, that gotcha. You went through trigger something. Warning, yep. Yeah, trigger warning that you went, thank you. Wow, just my brain really froze. That's okay. For, for those of you who have been through more conservative upbringings like that, and that still bugs you. It still bugs me to a certain way. I guess I just worked through it, thankfully. Yeah. Therapy, other things, uh, in a way I can deal with. But I, I'm saying that tweet meme really resonated with me because I remember that era where when I look back on it, it was really cancel culture before we used the term. It and that's was, what I'm we saying, don't like it's that always culture. existed. Let's el- let's eliminate it, you know, yep. just a, a, totally a, not not just. Say that we don't want it, or you shouldn't be around it. But it should be destroyed. We should prevent other people mm-hmm. from having access to it. Right? We need to try and shut down the the Fye. Do you remember those stores yes. when those were out? Yeah, uh, yeah. Totally dating myself, early nineties. Radio Shack, Fye. These things need to be shut. You know, New York Record Company. I, you know. All, all of those things, because we don't need other people getting access to that culture. And, and I mean, the '90s were totally culture war and, can, and cancel culture, which yep. didn't call it that.
0: That's and that's my. That's why I say it's just meme language for something that's been going on for a long time. And I think that the Satanic Panic of the '80s and, and '90s, I think that's an example of the bad side of cancel culture. I think that was. Dumb. Did you just
1: come up with that term? Satanic or is panic. That a term, yeah, or is that something I, people? I feel used? like
0: I've read it somewhere, but I feel like I this the, me saying it in that order and like making it rhyme is the first time I've seen it.
1: Because I, I just like, really dig it. I just wanted to praise you. I dig I like it. That nice. I'm gonna use well that. done. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, the I know I more, more '90s and references.
0: That's what I'm saying. QAnon is the news. Is is the modern day satanic panic. The difference is it's being used for you know it, it's all about Illuminati and stuff like that. St- you know, it's still that to some degree of secret societies. And yeah, QAnon is just the, the natural evolution of something, of that kind of thinking. But the tweet that I saw, maybe this sounds familiar to you, said, please don't talk to me about cancel culture. I was a Christian child of the 90s. We stopped listening to Sandy Patty and Amy Grant. We stopped watching Disney and avoided Procter & Gamble products. Christians perfected cancel culture. They just don't like it when the tables turn.
1: Um, that's the tweet I'd seen in the meme. And
0: that's exactly, that's exactly my point. is It's existed. Nixon got canceled disagree nixon got canceled um that's exactly what happened to nixon this has been going on for a long time and sometimes it's justified and sometimes it's not i mean just this year the, uh this is the, if it's sneakerheads will know about this i just learned about this this week the nike general uh ma- the the gm for oh, nike. her son
1: yeah, yeah 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 yeah
0: nike gm's son turns out had been using her corporate card to get the discount to get um to buy up all of the stock of the next you know, release of Nike. There are photos of him loading U-Hauls or unloading U-Hauls just, just full of shoes dominating the shoe market and preventing people from being able to get shoes as a result. Um, he bragged about it to, I think, Bloomberg or someone else, and it was revealed that, like, oh, the card he's been using is his mom's, and his mom is the GM. And she resigned as a result. And immediately... Because there's no way she doesn't know that that's happening. There's yeah. no way where's you my don't know card that your today? card.
1: Yeah, where's Why all is there these expenses that I have to... in stuff in the card? Yeah, correct. So, um, by the way, who has a credit card? That's that's another problem. <laughs> who has a credit card where you have like a five hundred thousand dollar limit? Like really? I know. Well, black cards have no limit, right?
0: So well, my cash true. card, my cash card is black. Does that count? Um, the, but she immediately resigned. That's a good. That's that's good. She shouldn't have that job. Jimmy Fallon last year found out that everyone found out that he did a blackface skit impersonating Chris Rock on Saturday Night Live and back in 2000, 21 years ago, 20 years ago, Jimmy apologized for that straight up, made no excuse, said it was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. It was a poor choice. Chris Rock actually came out defending him, saying, I don't have any beef with him. Like it was a dumb move and it was bad comedy, but I don't like, I don't hold it against him. He doesn't got, he doesn't have a racist bone in his body. Jimmy Fallon still hosting the Tonight Show but he had to apologize and own that what he did was wrong. That, but that, he owned
1: it. I will admit, you know, I give him credit for that. He owned it in a yep. time where most people go, well, it shouldn't matter. It was 21 years ago. Okay, but I, I would like to see that you've learned something.
0: Correct. Um, Harvey Weinstein, finally facing punishment for his predatory and monstrous actions um, in Hollywood for decades. Roseanne Barr, who, gets, who had racist comments towards Valerie Jewett, yeah, well, the so the reboot got canceled almost immediately because of her racist comments comparing Valerie Jewett, saying that
1: the it feels the, like two hundred years ago, but that was twenty sixteen, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was like, oh my.
0: Twenty. She said, if you put the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes together, you get uh, Valerie Jewett. That's what she said. Ouch. And she got canceled for it. Good. ABC was like, yeah, these comments don't mat don't don't line up with anything uh, with our values as as a company. Fired her. They had to re re they they turned her show into the Connors and focused on the Connor family rather than than Roseanne herself, but like there are there are countless examples like this where people have been held accountable or at least have been told, yeah, you know what? your behavior is not okay, and if it wasn't for the number of people coming out and exposing these things or coming out and actually calling for the for for the cancellation of quote, cancellation of these people, like a lot of them would still be able to hurt people to cause problems. I guarantee you that the sneaker market has just become a ton more accessible because now general stock is incre- like more people have them. They're not the scarcity is was artificial for Nike shoes. And I guarantee you that the sneaker market's going to take a hit as far as value is concerned because of um, because of this, which sucks for people who, you know, have who have like really invested tons
1: in their shoes.
0: Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it means that now the sneaker market is more accessible. Hey, yeah. Right. Um, I, d- but like, that's my thing. Like it does increase accountability and that's why I think, and it, it's existed for all we've been doing it for, for, for decades and decades. It just hasn't been cancel culture. It's been, this person did something dumb. And so we're fired. We fired them. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. No, yeah. well, I mean, so that now that begs the question is how should we as people of faith then relate to it? Because I don't think yeah. we've really dealt with that. We've kind of we've talked about accountability, we've talked about trying to set the emotion aside and really think about things objectively, find details. I mean, obviously we've kind of hinted at it some, and maybe this is just me. I, again, as a person of faith, the Bible has a clear principle that it says I'm supposed to assume the best about others ahead of myself. And that's extremely hard to do especially when they're people that, let's be honest, we don't know. We've already talked about this before. I don't know Gina Carano. I don't know Jimmy Fallon. I don't know any of these people. I think I do, but I only interact with them in a public persona. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know who these people are. So, you know, you want to assume what's best about people when you start reading or or figuring it out. But how how do we relate to that? What are your What are your thoughts on that? Like, how should we use this tool or not use this tool or admit that we used used it? Or what are we supposed to do?
0: I don't know. For me, I think that this is a reminder that accountability and integrity are important, especially within the Christian framework. Uh, And I think that personally, especially now that everyone can have a platform and does have a platform, I do think it's important that we remember that we should have some system of accountability in place for ourselves and for uh, for, you know, those close to us, but also that we should have integrity and integrity. By the way, integrity doesn't mean you haven't done anything wrong. Integrity just means that you can see those things as wrong, that you have, you have a consistent character and ethic through your private and public life. And that, yes, if there's, if there's something that you've done that doesn't line up with that, you're willing to acknowledge and, you know, put things in place to make sure it doesn't happen again and move on from it. I don't think it's, you know, integrity is not hiding that. And that's why I think Jimmy Fallon is a really good example of someone who did apologize and owned what he did. There was no need to 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 bring it up. And this is the other thing. I don't want to overcorrect and say you should, that means you should, you know, go ahead and just post every wrong thing you've ever done so that no one can find out and, you know, expose you later. Um, but I do Although think... Although there is it, a
1: biblical principle about what happened in the dark will come into the light. What happened in the closet will be proclaimed from the rooftop. So, you know, don't don't think you can just hide stuff and it will...
0: That's the point. No My point away. is like, you need to be prepared to deal with it, but it doesn't mean if you're someone who has a platform, like if something comes up that, that you've done, um, you need to be willing to deal with it. But it doesn't mean you actively try and prevent it from coming up. It's just like it. But if if you're bringing it up just to do, just to just to apologize for it, if there's no specific catalyst for it, it just looks like virtue signaling instead, I think. And it comes across as fake. Or it comes across as like pre-damage control. Like, oh, someone else was probably going to break this story first. Um, what, Like what Jerry Falwell tried to do, and it was completely wrong um, with with the dude. Yeah. Um, by the way, another great example of cancel culture at work. But the...
1: Um, Which is funny because uh, there again, that's just something that just came into my mind. I was only too happy for him to get fired. And then I was upset about Gina. So it shows my own
0: hypocrisy. But that's
1: my point. Like, like it, I don't like him. I want him gone. Yep.
0: But I, the other thing too, is I think it's also a reminder that apologizing and asking for forgiveness and knowing how to do both of those things are also really important. Knowing how to apologize and ask forgiveness and how to offer it, um, and how to offer forgiveness and, and to say, I forgive you and what that looks like. I think all of those things are, I think cancel culture is and what we're seeing happen and play out is an important reminder of that for the importance in our own lives. And I think that's the first thing to do is to look at ourselves and say, where are we on this? You know, and, and to check ourselves too, to say if someone I appreciate or someone I love is found to be doing something heinous, what will I do? You know, how would I react if, so, if X person was found to have been doing these monstrous and terrible things? And by the way, this actually happened to me last year and I can't go into detail about it, but I did end up having to write a witness statement against someone who I considered a mentor at one point in my life. And someone I really did care about and and respected, and I ended up having to write a witness statement um, based on a very strange situation uh, that had happened years ago um, because of a current case against him. and I had to decide in that moment like, this is what I have to do, even though it's someone I cared about and respected and someone that that did that treated me well and that treated me kindly. I know things that i um, that are wholly consistent with this. And it's a situation. Yeah. It's a situation that already resolved. It's not like I sat on information and didn't do anything about the information I knew was already known. It was more of a, I needed to provide my perspective on it for a new case that had popped up, if that makes sense. So the prior situation had been resolved, but they, they needed my perspective on it for, to build the next case. And, um, yeah, I signed that witness statement and, and formed it and sent it in. You have to, we each have to decide what are we going to do when it's us or someone we, you know, we care about or someone who we are, we are prejudiced in favor of, you know, we, we are actually, you know, biased in favor of. Um, And as far as cancel culture itself, you know, we need to be able to judge and have some semblance of a, you know, some, some idea of standards, some system of standards that we, that, and measure by which we judge whether or not someone is, you know, this is something we want to support. If, you know, if they've done something wrong, is that something that we're willing to overlook or is it something that we and we believe that they have or we're willing to forgive or we don't think is that important? Or is this something that, you know, we should walk the other way for? And every person's got to decide that for themselves, I think, what that looks like. But I don't know. Henry, your thoughts?
1: Oh, so much in that. Uh, I resonated with a lot of that and other parts are like, hmm. I mean, first of all, I agree. There has to be some sort of system. Uh, that we agree to about how to process this. Now, I say this, maybe this is going to sound like a pessimist. I never expect the world to figure out a system that's going to work. Correct. Uh, I agree with that. There's there's part of me, for example, that's torn, because another issue with cancel culture I came to really studying was, I agree companies should have the right to employ who they want and get rid of who they want. So, you know, I'm not going to cancel my Disney Plus subscription. Well, that and my wife would kill me if I did that, because she likes Disney. But, you know... Mm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Unfair support. Yeah, but Disney. the amount
0: of people who have canceled their Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu and all the rest out of the out of response to Gina Carano's canceling is hilarious like, as well.
1: I'm gonna say probably like zero or one, maybe who was gonna cancel it anyway. But my, my point is There's the part of me that goes, well, companies should have the right to do whatever they want. Uh, At the the second time, there's the part of me that worries that in today's day and age, we have too many too big to fail companies that impose their own morality on my life. And what I mean by that is before, if you're just a small company and a collection of other small companies and you do something I don't like or you try and force some sort of bit of morality or or societal Mm -hmm. change on me, I don't like. Well, in a perfect world, I just go, well, that's your choice and that's your right. And I don't like that. So I'm going to go with the next one. When you get to a situation like maybe this sounds like I'm picking on Disney and I'm not trying to just pick on them, uh, you know, they have their own. choice. No, yeah, I mean, make. you can look at any but, tech but, but, company, but you, Apple. exactly. With, well, well, Apple or Disney or Amazon or whatever, we're getting Nestle, to the point now any where of these, these companies, companies, these companies are actually so integral to our lives. That the decisions they choose as a company actually impact me, whether I want them to or not, and I don't have an easy way to disconnect from them, without altering a whole lot other bits of my life. If that makes any sense. So yeah. So I mean, so part of my my personal concern when I start thinking about it is, you know, I, I think companies should have a right to their, choose their own workplace morality and and, and what they want. I think a concern for me is just the fact that we've reached an unregulated point of these companies are able now to impose their, they're they're imposing that will on their company now actually imposes it on me. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that's not necessarily the company's fault. That's us as a society, maybe for letting them get to that point, or it says something about our lack of morality or morality. Therefore that's a different issue. Anyway, swinging around, I, I don't expect the political or the economic or the outside of the church world to really figure that out. It's going to swing from one thing to another. Maybe they'll find some periods of balance. Maybe they'll not find some periods of balance I, as a Christian, I guess, I just assume they're not going to solve it. So mm-hmm. I, I move to the church realm. And when it comes to quote cancel culture as a church, I, I think personally, as people of faith, we need to admit where all the things we don't like about cancel culture today, we've already been doing. Yep. I don't think we have a right to sit there and point. That was kind of the conclusion I came to. I don't have a reason to point and fault Disney when I'm not willing to look in-house at my own finger. You know, the old phrase, every finger you point, there's three more pointing back at you. Yep. And as, as we said before with that tweet and that meme that is really spot on for our lifetimes, the 80s and the 90s, we were cancel culturing before it was cancel culture. And there's still elements of Christianity today that, you know, I, I will admit it's Christians at the forefront of, say, the the right. We call it the religious right for a reason. And even some religious groups on the left now, I don't think the religious left gets enough discussion either. They're becoming a lot more vocal, kind of catching up mm-hmm. to their, their friends on the right politically. But this idea that, we were at the forefront of playing these games, and a lot of these tools were developed because we were voting blocks that asked for them. And we taught them how to use these tools. And so now that we've taught our, you know, it, it's, it's kind of what I like to say, maybe, and I mean this in the truest sense of the word originally, so please don't freak out that I'm about to like curse at something or whatever. But to me, cancel culture is yet another bastard child of the church that we're now upset about because they've grown up and they have unresolved issues and trauma from their childhood. And they're big enough to fight back. And we're now upset that we're not fully wielding the tool. Like it was fine when the church wielded it, but now that Disney wields it, I don't like it. Correct. And, and so that's a long way to say, yeah. I think to begin with, the church needs to admit, we, we need to have a discussion, an honest discussion about how we've quote, used this tool or not used it. Mm-hmm. And then we need to own up to where we've failed at it miserably or at least come to some understanding about how we're going to wield it moving forward. That that would be the first step. The the second step is I'm kind of like with you. You use Jimmy Fallon as an example in the Chris Rock situation. I I think as a church, we need to realize that our goal should not just be like society, which is just cancel the wrong. We should be trying in safe ways. And and I I, I preface it by, again, by saying safe ways, because there's certain behaviors like You know, sexual assault or whatever, they just need to be canceled and that you shouldn't be expected to have to. I Mm am saying use your common sense about how we're I'm I'm meaning this. But we we need to say our our overall goal should be wherever possible. Our Christian quote cancel culture should be canceling a culture, not canceling an individual. There needs to be some sort Mm -hmm. of redemptive path that comes out of it. And 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 maybe this is a little political, but both for society and the church, I'm a firm believer that you don't. You don't defeat bad speech by silencing it. You defeat bad speech by overwhelming it with good speech. Um, that, is just, I mean, that is just me personally. I mean, no, that's I'm a really, biblical
0: argument as far as like, you know, dumping, lumping uh, heaps of coal. Right.
1: I forgot what that well, verse yeah, actually I, is, but yeah, it's I mean, the same idea. Again, not getting over spiritual. I mean, God didn't stop the serpent in Genesis 3 from sharing his bad speech. He had the freedom to do that didn't mean God was supporting it. It didn't mean he actively gave him like 20 trees in the garden he could talk from. So uh, again, I get there's that balance. I'm not saying, well, I don't like that speech, but I can't stop them from saying it on the biggest megaphone available in society. Well, yeah, I mean, that megaphone has a right to kick them off. I'm not talking about the megaphone company. I think there's a company called Megaphone. But anyway, my point is- There is, that's that's, that's... who hosts our podcast. Uh, Yeah, okay, see then, yeah, we love you. Uh, So, but my, my thing is, Right. It'd be one, I guess for me, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's one thing for Disney to cancel somebody or I guess an NFL team to do it. It's another thing if they if Twitter and everybody else tried to throw them all up. There's no way for these people to talk anymore. Uh, I guess that, that comes to the thing where in the church, I need I I think there's certain things where we can go, that's not acceptable behavior. And so there's a difference between letting someone get up, say, in the church and preach on it, or hold a position of authority and spew whatever thing they're doing. It's another thing to completely silence them and then go to their home and try and stop them from talking about it. I hope you're getting the intent of what I'm trying to say. There has to be some way where we sit down and figure out because this issue ain't going away anytime soon. So we need to probably sit down and before the next thing blows up and our emotions get sucked into it, have some way prepared to deal with it and address it and go, how can we help either redeem the individual or give them the opportunity to prove that they've learned something? Correct. And then if they haven't learned, or they don't want to be redeemed, or, or whatever religious charged language you want to use, at what point are there acceptable ways of the community saying, this isn't canceling you as an individual, but this is unacceptable behavior? And these are actual consequences for what you've done. Exactly. Because, I mean, just because you have the right to say something, it's kind of like now I'm sounding like a Supreme Court case, where the Supreme Court, what was this in 78, 79? They had a case about free speech where they were like, someone someone has the right to say fire, but they don't have a right to run into a crowded theater and yell fire, Mm -hmm. right? So it's that kind of thing. I think everyone should still have a right to what they believe. I mean, I think the Bible is quite clear that the whole, quote, war between good and evil started over the idea that God gave his creatures the most dangerous but amazing gift possible, and that is free will the ability to Mm -hmm. volitionally act on your own impulses, believe what you want, even if it's what God doesn't want. And and so me as a person of faith, I am very hesitant with anything that comes across as the church, forget the world, quote unquote, but the church trying to take away or manage people's thoughts. Uh, You have a right to your opinion, no matter how wrong it could be. And I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. And there's probably things that are clearly wrong. I do believe also as a person of faith, there is rights and wrongs. There is something independent of myself that dictates that. But we need to, we need to figure out this system because right now we've only used it as a political tool. Now the tool's being wielded back on us. And I still think we've not used any of this time. Maybe there's some communities that have but in my life i've not seen the community sit down and rationally put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard or whatever and come up with what is a fair system we can agree to before the next emotional blow up mm-hmm. happens to deal with this issue because it is not going away and we're going to have to learn to deal with it
0: and even and you do not need to wait for someone else to make that right you can sit down with friends or you can sit down in your own you know circle of influence and lead that conversation or have it And I think, you know, I do think that as a church, we need, absolutely need to be teaching and bringing back an emphasis for peacemaking, for conflict resolution, you know, how to apologize and how to forgive, accountability, integrity, all of those things I said before. I I think there's a need for it. One of the most beneficial things that happened to me was my chaplain at at my private school, you know, my senior year of high school actually took us and taught us peer mediation, how to actually mediate between two parties, how to do even when one of them is your friend, um how to do conflict resolution and how to actually resolve issues one of my favorite books in college that uh, my program made me read was a book called peacemakers um these are the these are like these are skills that we need to have and you don't need to convince someone of the truth of Jesus Christ in order to teach them what accountability is or what you know how to apologize or forgive or how to you know resolve conflict and i agree with you 100% henry that like if Christianity does not have space. It does not make room for justice or for, you know retribution without some form of, the, of opportunity for redemption. It, there is no room for punitive just punishment without any opportunity for redemption. And that's true even for Adam and Eve and Cain and all of those who first came to. And that was also true for Satan. The, 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 there is no room. Now, if someone at at some point and eventually ends ends up rejecting the choice for redemption up to them, then that's where other consequences come in on you know on the spiritual kind of cosmic scale there. But I think in general there is no there should be no position that I think a Christian takes that that advocates for retribution or any sort of response to evil that doesn't have some form of a redemptive. Um, element to it, which is why I always end up coming back to Daryl Davis every time. This man, Daryl Davis, did not cancel the KKK, but he's personally responsible for bringing over 200 members of the KKK out of it, and he's a black music uh, black musician.
1: Yeah, I do know musician. that story, and I I, I love that story. It's I will never stop props to him. referencing it.
0: Right. But that's what I'm saying. That's, that's redemptive. And I'm not saying every black person should go and try
1: and do that exact same thing. Again, we're talking about what's safe and don't put yourself in an abuse situation.
0: Correct. I'm just saying in general, that, that is an example of, of redemptive justice. And I think that's how Christians should be seeking to interact with a lot of these things. And I, the, the last thing I'll say is I really, really think if, if, if we don't emphasize any of the rest of that, the one thing I wish we would think, this will be my last thing, Henry, and, and I'll, you know, throw it back to you for some closing thoughts too. I really think we need to be dealing with anger. I, people are angry. I'm angry. Henry's angry. We were both angry before we hit record and i feel like now now that we're recording again and we like the new format both of us feel a little bit better as we talk i feel less angry at the end of this conversation than i did at the beginning i i just people are angry and the church has not done a whole if if anything in many cases the Christ, christianity different different sects of it different different pieces of it have actually intentionally inflamed anger, have fanned those flames and have, and, have, and have manipulated it and utilized it to catapult their own positions of, you know, leaders' positions of power. But we haven't done a whole lot in the way of actually helping people work through anger and figure out a healthy way to move forward. And it's partially because leaders and pastors, we haven't taken the time to do it either for ourselves. We just have a whole bunch of Christians who have weaponized their anger and this is what we get. And by the way, I am not saying that, oh, well, just give your anger to God. Sorry, that's not sufficient. Not that God can't take it and do something with it. I'm saying that that idea as a statement in a vacuum is not enough.
1: I going to say what it usually means is you told you told the Lord, you gave it to him, and then you just keep having an anger issue. i yeah, giving I'm, it to him as you, he's gonna pull you on, he, not gonna pull you, he's gonna take you on steps to help heal from that.
0: Correct. The skit guy's skit, the, the chisel is like the, um, I don't know if anyone remembers when the skit guys were huge, like five years five, ten years ago, um and at every conference. But the chisel is a great example of this, where, like it's going to be sometimes a painful process to get rid of some of this stuff. But we have to deal with anger. i I don't see a way forward unless we figure out some way to actually face our anger, process it, and move forward. i I just don't see, and that's something each of us can do individually. And I think as, you know, if there are any church leaders or leaders of organizations that are dealing with this, anger, I think right now, and frustration are, are the two big emotions driving so much. And we have, we have to address it.
1: I mean, that's all I got. Amen and amen. I, I, that's all, yeah, that's all I got. I that was, was going to say that the verse that came to me is, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Uh, there's a difference between vengeance and consequences. And I think that's kind of the line we were talking about way back at the beginning of where cancel culture tends to, and people fixate on it, and maybe there's a certain point to focus on that. But uh, like we said, there's a difference between holding someone accountable and going out to destroy somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of that's how the tool is used. Uh, but I'd also, I, I hope, and that's part of why we're doing the new format, again, selling ourselves here. But just like Ryan just mentioned, and I would agree with you wholeheartedly, how I feel at the end of this conversation is already different than I came into it. Mm. And, I, and I think that's kind of what we're trying to model now, kind of on this new format of a discussion and not knowing ahead of time what we're doing. We, we want to try and mirror healthy disagreement or and or healthy conversation that can lead to growth. I, I'm not going to leave this conversation today thinking that I've totally solved what I think about cancel culture. And there's part of me that, and this could just be assumption uh, the, the vibe I get is definitely, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're definitely more comfortable with the concept of it than maybe uh, it might be coming across to people. I'm still a little hesitant on certain things. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no that's fine. Yeah. yeah. But, I, I, and there but, are, but there are a lot of aspects that you and I agree on 100% on this. Well, very, exactly. very straightforward.
1: Yeah. And, and, and this is the point I'm trying to get at. Both you and I had a conversation. I mean, that's what this whole thing's been. We had a conversation, we heard each other out we're willing to disagree. And in, it's kind of funny. I thought we would disagree a lot more than we did. So I think sometimes we have to set aside our assumptions too, about the yep. pre preparing to be combative. I know we disagree with whatever, you know, and, and if we can work through that and and kind of let God handle the emotions the, the old adage is true, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of what's causing the pain with cancel culture is like you said, there's so much anger, there's so much pain and everyone is latching to the next quote, greatest thing to try and solve it. And I think the biggest problem with cancel culture today, and I think we're both in agreement with this here, is that it is being weaponized as a bad coping mechanism for people's pain. And so while it's quasi working at putting some consequences out there that need to be given, for the most part, I think it's missing the redemptive aspect for most of the individuals and it's definitely missing the redemptive aspect for society because we're too busy using it as an excuse to deal with unremitted pain in our own lives. Yep. It, it's, it's one thing for us to feel good or feel bad about Gina Corona getting it or somebody else getting their just due when we have unresolved issues of feeling like we either were unfairly targeted or somebody that targeted us hasn't gotten the justice that we think they deserve. And so what happens is, is we start using these as proxy battles with people that have done you no personal wrong. Maybe they have. I don't want to negate like an anti-Semitic tweet might cause you personal pain. I'm not saying that. But yeah. I'm saying for the most part, a lot of the issues we get involved with, like me, it's not a fair comparison. Because, for example, OK, Jennifer did something that was taken as anti-Semitic. I'm not, a, I'm not Jewish personally, so it didn't really affect me. So I, I don't have the fullest right to explain what that feels like or what should be done about it. Right. So, I mean, I get that. But my point is, you know, we need to deal with our own pains before we call it. Because if you take your pain into trying to, quote, solve somebody else's pain or someone causing pain, you might kind of deal with theirs. But you're going to inflict a whole lot more all the way around the board. And so what's happening is certain people are getting justice, I think, through cancel culture and a whole Mm -hmm. lot of others are getting hurt. If nothing else, the ones wielding the tool and maybe the tool needs to be welded, but I wielded, but I would love to see us wield it in a constructive way for the individuals that need to quote, be not as an individual, but their behavior needs to be canceled. Mm -hmm. And it also needs to be redemptive for us so that I don't, how does Paul say it in the Bible? I gain the world, but lose my own soul. What -hmm. happens if we go in league with the NFL or Disney or whoever? And we managed to purge our societies of all unacceptable behavior, But in the end, I've destroyed myself and my ability for compassion or my ability to understand others or to grow. Well, then, all you managed to do with cancel culture is cancel yourself. And yep, that's not what the gospels about. So I hope that was my way of sounding profound at the end, but that's all I'm going to say
0: no, that's awesome. and i I agree with you. I think that I think that was a really good way to end. and i'm I'm grateful that we, I'm grateful that you that you brought a lot of that up because I I, I think it's it is incredibly important. I think everything that we shared here at the end is important, and and I would agree with you. I think both of us have have left here a little bit uh, with a with a position that's slightly more modified from where we walked in. I think we both have grown, and I think the reason for that is now. I'll say I was a little bit more forceful with what I think about this, and that's just because I'm a little bit more like I've I've come to more conclusions on it. Um, but that's I've interacted with this for longer in general, I've interacted with this kind of stuff for a lot longer too. So there, there's that. Um, but, um, I think both of us came in with a willingness to hear and listen and learn. And I, and I, you know, I hadn't fully, I don't think I had fully considered the redemptive side of it. And I think that is a very legitimate criticism. Um, and, and, you know, I'm really grateful for that. And I think both of us are better for it. Unless you're someone who disagrees with both of us and you're thinking both of us are worse (laughs) for it now. Um, Nothing you I can do understand. about that, I guess. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Henry. I, I, I really do. And, I'm, and I am grateful that you and I have a friendship where that's possible, where we can be open about this stuff. In fact, I would argue that the strength of that friendship is exactly why this podcast is still happening. Given, given what happened and why we, why we kind of fell apart, I would say that the, the strength of our friendship is the, is the thing that saved this podcast. It's not because he and I had an issue with each other. It's just that we, had, we didn't realize some of the problems that we had and when we finally talked it out, we went, oh. And the only reason we had space to talk it out is because we both trust each other. That's the bottom line.
1: So I, yeah. There's yeah. no trust in society. And until we regain those friendships, those trusts, uh, we're not going to solve any of these issues, whether it's cancel culture or politics or anything. Yep, absolutely. Um, so
0: there you have it, everyone. Um, thank you Time guys to so cancel much. the
1: show. No. Yeah, time to, we're canceled. Or at least Done. this episode. Um,
0: so thank you guys so much for listening, uh, for being on the journey with us. We hope that this was either teaching you something to do or not to do, I don't know. We're having a conversation with each other and whatever, however that can benefit you, we hope, it, it, we hope that that happens. So um, if you want, by the way, we, we only post about an hour's worth of content every week. So if you want to check out the, um, the full version, yeah, the unedited full version of the show, uh, subscribe to any tier on Patreon and we got you um you'll get access to the full version of any episode. Now some some episodes You'll may find only out what I in... really
1: think about Disney Plus and if you <laughs> won't know well, if yeah. I'm lying about that or not until you subscribe.
0: Exactly. But we uh, and sometimes our episodes are really an hour and so there is no uncut version. The uncut version is the live version. But hey, being on Patreon also gets you ad-free and gets you access to a premium version of the show. Um, but also gets you access to the uncut full edited or full edited full episodes i can't speak We've, yeah and
1: whatever. just think if, if you put money in this you will one day have the right to cancel culture us exactly because if you, you, if you don't it, support yes. us you've done you're you're no threat to us if you don't support us <laughs> exactly <laughs> you
0: just stop listening and like the 10 of you that listen we're we're fine yeah, um, yeah we don't know we don't
1: know because um, we don't get no. feedback
0: Thank you guys so much for for listening to the show. Give us feedback, actually, by the way. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, join our Discord in the show notes. Anything you want, connect with us. Let us know how we're doing and, and how we can better serve you, too, as, as hosts. So thank you, everyone. And have a great week, and we'll see you next time.